0: Essentialism essentials and music appreciation podcast we talk about records from 1972 my name is mike his name is jr hello his name is brandon hi brandon's back with us to talk about one of his favorite bands of all time what is that band called brandon sticks that's right sticks uh that's s-t-y-x not to be confused with uh the british mumble rapper sticks S T Y X X um, X.
1: No, no shit, is that a thing?
0: I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You you wish it was, right? Uh, you sounded disappointed that it wasn't a thing. A little bit. <laughs> I,
2: as you're saying the name Sticks, I'm wondering why the Sticks and, and the Stones never did like a tour. Sticks oh and Stones. Oh my God. Ooh. Like, what in <laughs> the hell? What? <laughs> Why did that never happen, anyway? <laughs>
0: yeah, Brandon was holding up the album. He's got it. It's it's yeah, their yeah. debut record. Debut, their, their first. Talk
2: record. about naked, jeez
0: Yep, they're all naked. Naked the uh, fire.
2: Very much like the LP there. album cover. <laughs> they're all just <laughs> one naked being in the center. I got uh, this for
1: three dollars.
0: And uh, sticks, also known for uh, one of my favorite shirts that Jr. owns, which is a, a fish sticks shirt. The fish, the band fish, and sticks logo underneath. It. It's great. Yes, uh, that I mean that's a tour, right?
2: Yeah, seriously.
0: Fish <laughs> sticks, right?
2: Coming to a state fair near you.
0: Um, are there any other sticks puns? Like, uh th- is that it? We used them up.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, you know. I can throw something into the wall and see if it sticks if you want. <laughs> all right, I'll quit. That's <laughs> that was the last one.
1: Uh,
0: so, yeah, their debut album, Sticks, from Chicago. Uh, they, they, they recorded this one in Chicago, in Chicago, a little place called Paragon Studios. Uh, I don't think it's around anymore. I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard of it. Uh, they put it out on a label called Wooden Nickel. Very independent label. They were their biggest act. Uh, funny little story about Wood and Nickel. In 1975, Sticks jumped ship and went and signed with A and Records. Mm, Is that right? Mm. And because because Sticks was their biggest act and their very small time label, uh, yeah. they they had to cease operations um, because they were yeah. not bringing any money, they sued Sticks. Um, I don't know if they, they sued him for breach of contracts. So I don't, I don't know how the, the lawsuit turned out, but two years later Wood nickel folded completely. Um, yeah, but you know what, like in this business, when you're, I mean, you're a band and you're starting to get some real recognition and other labels are coming around saying, Hey, we can get you some more. We can get you more money.
2: That can yeah. that happens so a lot, man. Look at Nirvana, shoot, Sub Pop, and then Geffen came along and grabbed
1: them. Yeah, I think uh, that's they probably put out like five albums on Wooden Nickel by the time seventy. Yeah, they,
0: I mean, around. they were putting out a lot of shit. Like when they yeah. they, they came out of the gate hot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's funny the little little backstory. They were they started out as a a cover band, uh, just DeYoung and the and the twins. Uh, they call themselves uh, the trade winds, right? Yeah, the trade yeah. winds. And then they, they picked up the other two guys. I like how they list uh, they list um, James Young, JY, as they call Oh J Y. They he's labeled as a as a uh Southside rocker. Yeah. Cause I I mean there's there's for yeah, going going back for decades, you know, Chicago Southside has been known as like that's the dirty. That's the gritty part. Of town. That's where you know.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That's where the the intense rockers come from. You know. And that's I So I think that's funny that that's that's been a thing for decades. JY uh, JY. He,
1: he definitely brings the rock.
0: Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, we'll get into it a little later when we go to the track list, but a lot of songs on here were written by other people. Uh, all these songs, the the label suggested most of these songs Uh, i'm i'm guessing that the the label probably bought up a ton of songs and just kind of had them stored up for for new acts and uh (laughs) and sticks the guys had never heard any of these songs before (laughs) so but they're like hey they made them their own um but that's pretty cool uh so brandon tell tell, sticks what why why do you love them? How long have you loved them? Uh
1: I got into Pieces of Eight um I don't know like 15 12 years ago maybe something like that.
0: That's where it all started, huh.
1: Yeah, and then I kind of went back a little bit. I didn't I a couple albums forward, not too far forward. Um I like this album a lot. Well, I like half of this album a lot the first half I can I can take or leave <laughs> but um I well, don't know man I like the I like the falsetto harmonies the organ yeah mixed mixed with the guitars it's it's a nice combination that I really enjoy
0: yeah people always like they always talk about like you know the mid 70s career that you know like when they they took off you know a&m records stuff and, and mm-hmm. you know we were talking to our friend uh bob the other night and when we were talking about sticks coming out with the debut in 72 Bob was like i don't even think i i know the first four albums by sticks like a lot of people don't even really get into them until until yeah. around then anyway
2: some people are all about the second one but yeah. rarely the first one
1: i have the second one i'm I'm not as familiar with it i, I should listen to it a little bit more i think yeah, i mean they- Go ahead, Mike.
0: Uh, I think they did a reissue with both albums. They put they put both of them together.
1: One yeah. or
2: two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've always loved this band. They have great hits, like you said, later in their career. This album doesn't have Tommy Shaw, who's my favorite Sticks member. But uh, it's a Shawless endeavor. But... <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, they're great. I mean, I named my third kid, Lorelai, after one of their songs. I mean, that's it's, they're a great American band. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people try to pinpoint Chicago as sounding like something, I always like to point out sticks, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Sticks, sticks is definitely the, the, like the, the rock, the, the like the rock sound of Chicago. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, when you think about like uh, R and B or soul, you know, you, you know, blues Yeah, blues. You think of Curtis Mayfield. You think of BB King. But yeah, when it comes to sort of like art rock, uh, it's kind of how they're described. Sometimes you know, mm-hmm. like like people might think uh, Sticks as being like you know a prog band, and they and they certainly are. Like, like oh, I wonder you know, why with they, songs like they have on the on yeah. this album. But I so the I first would, song on their first okay. album. <laughs> I, I would argue that they were only like. They were only semi-prog like when yeah. they first started you know they're, they're like the seed was planted in the beginning like the very first song but but most of the album is just like that 70s rock sound like great a lot of great riffage uh mm-hmm. good good big choruses right yeah and and not a not a whole lot of the like the doodly 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 <laughs> shit you know that you know elp will give you or,
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah. and well and that they it's did later in their in career it's more chords on this it's more just rah, dah, dah, you know on the yeah. organ yeah. And just ripping like a guitar chord which you know later later there comes some deely from yeah, DM, yeah. for yeah, exactly. sure
0: when they like i said when when they finally like come into that 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 prog sort of era when they, yeah you know they want to establish themselves with with wakeman and emerson and those guys you know they, yeah um but yeah, so yeah, the personnel: Dennis Young, one of you know Dynasty Young and the twins. We'll talk about them, the founding guys. Yeah. Dennis Young on keys, on Vokes, uh, Chuck Pinozo on bass, John Pinozo on drums. And when I when I was reading through this uh, this lineup, I I remembered our friend Teddy one time just randomly. We we're we we're just. We're doing a on our old podcast we're doing a thing about bass players and he just randomly pulled pulled a a chuck Chuck. i remember that like Mm. out of the air and we're like we're like hey how'd how'd you know how'd you know about him and teddy said that he met him or something it was like some sort of softball game or something and he met the guy i I don't know it was crazy i just remember crazy i don't know that that story popped in my head um
2: I remember yeah. that trivia bass players of bands that I love, and I didn't know any of them. <laughs> Crushed my soul. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. And then, like we said, James Young, JY, guitar and vocals, uh, doing, doing most of the heavy lifting on vocals.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: controlling, though. I mean, he's a controlling uh, person, personality in the band, him and Dennis both.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, I could see how they were, they were the two guys that, like, they butted heads, but at the same time, like they were creating great shit together. You
2: know? mm-hmm. Kind of more of like a Jefferson Airplane relationship between the singers. Like they're like, we can both we can both exist here. Yeah. But uh, we're do different things.
0: And doing all of the acoustic guitar work, uh, you got John. Could someone help me out with his last name.
1: Kuraluski?
0: K- Kura Kural. Kuraluski?
1: Kuraluski. We're gonna, call,
0: we're gonna call him johnny c
1: johnny you're, c you're
0: johnny c in the band now
1: T- tommy shaw uh replaces Johnny. yes c. yes
0: oh yeah or like how how long was uh johnny c in the band do you know uh
1: up, up until uh oh, shit equinox is that right right before ah oh, damn it
2: i think that's what bob was saying it's like the fourth album or something yeah. maybe. I think they're still on Wooden Nickel, but it was like the fourth or fifth album.
0: Yeah, so so probably seventy-five, because that's when they
2: that's when they jumped
1: labels in seventy-five.
2: They got extremely radio friendly too, like out of nowhere.
1: He he did Equinox in seventy-five with them, and then Tommy Shaw came in with Crystal Ball in seventy-six. Ah, Crystal Ball.
0: Uh, So yeah, that that may have been a label thing as well. Like when they, you know, I, I I don't know the story behind it, but. It's just one of those things when anytime like a band switches labels, sometimes sometimes there's there's tension and sometimes there's a purge.
1: Well, Equinox oh. was on AM. Oh, okay. So the last one uh, Wooden Nickel was in 74, Man of Miracles.
2: All right. There you the, go. The,
1: the next three albums when Tommy Shaw comes in Crystal Ball, The Grand Illusion, and Pieces of Eight.
2: Wow!
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, did he contribute a lot to the writing? Because
1: that's he definitely a- did in in uh, pieces of eight. That's- I think a little bit in grand illusion.
2: Well, I mean, the guitar alone, the guitar riffs he adds. <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. what's all about. He just added some of the best riffs ever. I even love Damn Yankees because of him. So,
0: oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about the riffs on this one though, because they're not bad. Uh, like he's, like we said. We, we open up, we open up with their, with a 13 minute opus. They're like first album, first song, everybody, this is who we, this is, this is who we want to be. It's yeah. not quite who we are yet, but this is who we want to be uh, 13 minute song. But like, like we've talked about in the past with Prague, a 13 minute song at sometimes isn't necessarily a 13 minute song. Cause it's, it really is like four separate tracks. You could you can break them down. And and then they all have like, they all have their own titles. Uh, I mean, "Movement for the Common Man" is the overall title, and then of course the parts are "Children of the Land." This it's it's a big rocking song. Like if you you just make "Children of the Land" its own track, this yeah. is this is a big rockin probably would have been on the
2: radio song. if it was its own song.
0: Yeah, well, uh, JY, this is this is one of his songs. Uh, he's doing all the singing and uh, great riffs. And mm-hmm. what else is? It's funny. Three and a half minutes into your debut album, you got a fucking drum solo. Not just a yeah. drum solo, a percussion a solo. Yeah,
2: huge. He's, yeah.
0: he's, he's doing yeah. he's doing all these layers. He's doing bongos. He's doing shakers. He's. Doing I do j- love that. Jingle yeah. bells, and he's the only. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, John John Panazo, He is the only one credited with percussion. That's so percussion I just roll. I just love the idea of him him going in and doing like doing a track with the shaker going back, doing a track with the, the little wooden block thing, that yeah. mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's just, it, like, it, uh, it makes me think of, you know, we, we've done shit like this in the studio, JR, mm-hmm. where, like adding all this additional percussion and just kind of how fun that can be, you know, mm-hmm. It's a on.
2: secret sauce. Nobody yeah. realizes until it's not there. And then, Brandon's added some hand claps with us.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's fun. It adds those layers. But yeah, so three and a half minutes in, you get this percussion solo, which takes us into like a jam. And it's it's still, I'd say it's still part of the song, Children of the Land.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: uh, until it gets to those uh, solo parts, the jammy parts, I kind of can't stand this song. jy's jy's vocals are just not there yet for me Mm -hmm. um i don't know like if they recorded this one first or last or something but it's it's not hitting for me. yeah it could
0: be one of those things where like they had been working on this for a while and they went into the studio with this piece first you know Mm -hmm. um because because this is one where it is it's mostly it's mostly their writing but we'll get to the part yeah so then then like what you can consider part two which i i call like i call part two i you can you can really just be a track two it's just kind of an interlude where they went onto the street and they recorded some people some old obviously these are like older guys just on the streets of chicago uh-huh. you hear you hear the you hear the l train like that's the first thing you hear in the recording which i think is kind of is kind of cool but I think this is the absolute wrong place for this.
1: Like, so boring.
0: You just you just <laughs> opened up your your debut album with this this uh-huh. rocking song, percussion solo, your first big jam, right? And then it then it leads into yeah, then just some like you got one guy talking about like I came from the depression. Mm-hmm. We need to put people back to work. You know,
1: mm-hmm. he's talking I, about the. Uh... The WPA, the, the WPA, Works, uh-huh. Works yeah. Progress Administration.
0: And and I get that the whole theme of this is you're talking about, the, you know, the movement of the common man. You're talking, about, you know, this is this is just they're like um, this is their love letter to like to the people. You know, that's what sure. Children of the Land is all about. It's it's very hippie ish lyrics about like people. Let's get together. You know, let's make something positive out of this. And then they go and they record some guys like complaining, complaining yeah. about like. Uh, you, There's you got, one
1: guy complaining about a hippie. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's talking he about
0: hippies. You're too dirty. You got to go home and take a yeah. bath if you want to work here. It's like, I, I understand that you're educated.
1: He said, I, no, if, no offense to you gentlemen, but he yeah, had long hair to yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's so funny. It's like, no offense to you gentlemen. It's obviously, you know, it's the guys. in sticks like recording them with their long hair. And they're like, they're, they're probably shirtless. <laughs> uh, or or maybe like just a denim vest, denim vest in oh, yeah. there.
2: The young had some tight curls instead. Clean shaven, he might yeah, have been. Yeah. He might have been undercover.
0: And and then what's funny? And then the last guy, the last guy talking, he's complaining about boomers. He's like he's like a you know he's from the the World War II generation or you know before that he's from the Depression era generation, and he's complaining about how all these kids today and in seventy two the kids the kids of seventy two. Are, mm-hmm. are basically boomers they're like mm-hmm. the baby boomers and he's complaining about how they have too much money they don't know they don't know what to do they had never had to work for nothing yeah they never had to work they had everything handed to them and now they have too much money and they don't know what to do with it and i i just i was like i like yeah that, i mean that is sort of a thing that people complain about the boomers is like they they've had they kind of had it easier than the generation before them but I just, it's just those things. That's like, even today we get old people talking about kids, like getting everything and it's, it's actually bullshit.
2: Like it's just progress. Why does no one understand (laughs) that? It's called progress. We're all learning how to do shit better with every generation. So of course people are going to have more opportunities, make more money have, you know, I don't know. It's just, that drives me crazy. It's like, of course it gets better.
0: Yeah of course it's been and plus you're talking if you're talking about Chicago I guarantee you the kids don't have too much money I guarantee yeah. you that the fucking inner city kids of Chicago are scraping by just like you did <laughs>
2: Yeah. like uh, yeah just wait just wait <laughs> to these kids for today that we have to see
1: <laughs>
0: anyway we we spent way too much time talking about this stupid interlude that it <laughs> and it's so
2: it's so boring you know mike i always bring this up on every episode that i'm on but like the kid who's got his headphones on who just finished a little joint in his bedroom and he's laying listening to <laughs> yeah. headphones and this comes on three fucking minutes in or whatever four minutes in and it is <laughs> so boring it's not even interesting <laughs> yeah it's like not like Pink Floyd did it or like Jethro Tull does it. It's all just like boring shit. Like at least make it unintelligible and put some cool music over it. Yeah, yeah. I, that,
0: that kid that just smoked the joint and he's listening to this record, he's like, why won't someone invent a fast forward button? Yeah,
1: he's like
2: WPA. He's like, <laughs> this
1: is like school. Picks up the needle and moves it forward a couple. Yeah,
0: days. exactly. Uh, anyway, then then the next section is called Fanfare for the Common Man. And this is an adaptation of a piece written by Aaron Copland. He wrote this piece back in 1942 for the Cincinnati Orchestra. And we've talked about Aaron Copland on this podcast Mm -hmm. before because Mm Prague guys love Aaron Copland.
2: Or they just love to throw in classical shit in the middle of their songs. Be like, this is our song, but it's not your song.
0: Uh, ELP did an Aaron Copland cover on their album from 72. Mm -hmm. And then ELP ended up covering this as well in 77, like a few years (laughs) later. Um,
2: (laughs) You should hear ELP's cover of Copeland, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, this one, uh, yeah, DeYoung and Young, uh, you know, both take turns on the vocals for this one. Um, I, you know, I've never heard the original, but I I know what Aaron Copeland sounds like. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was basically... This was basically a uh, like a, The original was like an homage to a speech that uh, the vice president Roosevelt's vice president Wallace gave uh, at the time, nineteen forty two. So it all it all still like ties together, you know, this theme that they're trying to to put together in this song. And then it's of course- funny.
2: It's not any. It's not on anything popular, but it has this like sound to it that influenced so many other things that came out in pop culture that when you hear it, you hear like those things. And it's funny when you look at the Wikipedia on the song, it's like even John Williams said, you know, Superman, saving private Ryan, the Patriot, all these things were based on this, what they call sound world that this song creates. I think that's freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This, this piece definitely inspired a lot of other things that we know, about which is
2: funny in the stick sense to bring it back to them like you can hear so much of two things i wrote this down a bunch of the notes was you can hear later them like developing in this record you hear later song you can hear parts of renegade you can hear parts of like that are just like in their infancy they haven't really fleshed it out yet or they haven't grown yet or like you were saying brandon a young jy's voice wasn't quite there yet you know he was kind of building it and i think that's so awesome i mean shoot you can hear how much influence they had on like kansas and other bands on the when you hear this record too so i think that's kind of cool this you know be able to hear what they hear what they became in this first you know it's kind of neat they because they changed so much i mean you listen to Led Zeppelin One and Led Zeppelin Four; it's pretty much the same sound world, you'd call it. But yeah. Sticks had quite the change over four records. So, yeah, you can. Say, I mean,
0: they were influencing themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, um, uh, I was going to say something else, but I forget. Anyway,
1: yeah, you can definitely tell in what direction they wanted to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, then. <laughs> The theme kind of takes a departure with the last part of this. They're not really talking about the common man anymore. Now they're talking about Mother Nature, and this is yeah. where this is DeYoung. This is DeYoung being like, "Yeah, it's cool. I, I like this. I like this theme. But here's my here's my take on it.
1: Here, can I slow it, it down? And yeah, sing about a picnic. Yeah, city city, it down. Hippies, city city hippies, man. City
0: hippies. And you you really you really can see that DeYoung kind of wanted to make this like its own like separate track so they're like we'll put it at the end then this will be this will be the closer to our our 13 minute opus yeah mother nature's matinee Mm -hmm. written written by de young uh again sang by jy and dennis
2: some ripping Uh, guitar on that too yeah it
0: is it is it does (laughs) kind of it it does kind of start out like kind of slow and kind of a a little pretty you know they're trying to they're trying to paint the paint the picture of a nice uh scene that's like it's like a departure from the city like the fanfare they they are talking about like the traffic and they're talking about like you know living in the city and all the the hardships and then you like you know de Young takes us into nature mm-hmm. and, start, and start describing like leaves falling and green grass and
1: right
0: um but yeah it, it to me it was just sort of it was just de Young basically being like okay my turn yeah yeah um and i think this is this is the first time that we see something like written by him this was his first part on the album yeah
2: you know, this was him just getting his foot in the door to where which would be a much bigger foot and a much smaller door i sound like a behind the music guy. <laughs> his foot was growing yeah. from a tiny foot like, to a large door yeah you got to a huge foot <laughs> in a tiny door uh, do, you,
0: do you are your daughters writing you copy now you got him yeah. on staff
2: I yeah I, I, dr seuss they uh no they uh i remember their behind the music was awesome and like so much drama in that episode between the band the record label all types of stuff so they are one of my favorites on there
0: uh and then side a ends with a track called right away um written by a guy named paul frank couldn't find anything about him
1: i couldn't find uh, anything
0: it, this is this mm-hmm. is one of those that i was talking about where the where the label just bought up a bunch of songs from people yeah. And and uh, kept him in a in a file folder somewhere. Wonder if
2: it's a Chicago guy or someone from around here, you know? Yeah, maybe. Uh,
0: but this one is this one is like quintessential '70s style rock.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
0: yeah. it like it it sounded like the Allman Brothers or something, you know? It mm-hmm. it just kind of had like kind of a little, you know, kind of a mellow groove to it, mm-hmm. you know, with a big, you know, the big chorus.
2: It's uh, okay. Just yeah, yeah. southern ballad kind of
0: yeah yeah it, exactly it kind of had like a little southern style to it and and they're just like it's a song where they needed to fill side a basically they need mm-hmm. to fill up that side so you can you can flip it over and side b is a banger uh, a banger every the record yeah. every there's only four songs on on side b and every single one of them is fantastic uh i, I usually won-
1: just when i put this on i i just play side B, and if i I feel like it i'll flip it
2: over yeah um (laughs) right away is not a bad one to end with if you do that yeah
0: yeah it's true yeah uh but yeah we i mean we start out with what has become between us i'll always remember this as being uh suggested by you brandon uh a couple times when we were putting together playlists for for Mm. boat drinks yeah i'm
1: fucking rules
0: it's uh (laughs) Again, this one, not written by them, written by a guy named Mark Gaddis. Couldn't find anything on the guy
1: at all. I found a Mark Gaddis on Spotify. Yeah, I think that's him. He was this, like, he sounded like Jackson Brown or like James Taylor. He did not rock. (laughs) Maybe he wrote this, but then, you know, JY brought the rock.
0: I mean, this definitely sounds like it was just like an acoustic folk ballad.
2: Dennis sings on this one.
0: Yeah, that they, they, these guys took it and made it their own for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it is, it's, it starts out with this, this real cool like intro and then kind of eases into a, like a ballad. And then it has this like, uh, it's got this like swinging bridge. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden this bridge comes in and it's like, it's a, it's like this kind of swing rhythm, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't like fit with the rest of the song but they somehow were able to shoehorn it in there. Uh, it's kind of funny. I don't know.
1: It's great. Um,
2: I love that. I love when bands do that. I mean, bands that we listened to took that to the nth degree, you know, yeah. later in life, but their influence on that.
1: Young, um, is, is that the harpsichord he's playing in the beginning?
2: It, it I, could... they, they just give him keyboards as credit. So yeah. I'm guessing so he's probably it. a patch. Yeah.
0: I mean, when he was like, uh, they, I read when he was like 12, he was already like playing the accordion. So, I mean, he was playing any. accordion so wild. Yeah. Anything that has black and white keys on it, he's doing it. Um, and then the, the next track, uh, the only one that they wrote for this side, um, best thing. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, this is my favorite song. On the album. It
2: could be a really good last song, in my opinion.
1: It's, I uh, is it because it's about fucking <laughs>
2: <laughs> that uh, is I, the best thing. Sorry, I'll let myself yeah, out.
1: I love I it does
0: have some great lyrics. I love the lyrics. Uh the it starts off with acoustic and just like just jams like when when the riff comes in, it has some great riffage. It you know, it reminds me of like the stuff that, that I like today. It reminds me of like riffs that like the sword or red fang or clutch would do much you know?
2: yeah
1: definitely clutch it's, it's johnny it's, c on that acoustic yeah
0: yeah i mean it's it's so good this one um written and sung by jy oh wait actually written and sung by jy and dennis this oh yeah, that's they, right they, this
2: is they yeah they off. do those awesome vocal harmony things yeah and mm-hmm. this
0: is what i was, this is what i was talking about when they're like when they're bumping heads like when they're mm. They're coming together on collaboration because I think this is the only song where they they both get a writing credit as collaborators,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's the hit, and they they put it out as a single. It only peaked at eighty two, but it's still it still made it on you know the charts. Right. And, yep. and debut
2: eighty two is not bad.
0: I love the fact that of all the songs to release as a single, they're like we're putting out the one that we wrote. Yeah, I love That's that. Great,
2: the only one. <laughs> <laughs> except for the 13 minute one
0: yeah
2: um you can but, this is what i was talking about being able to hear some of the stuff later and that's because those vocals parts they are doing together on that song mm. you can start that's to hear lot. where they would start to be what they would become later
0: and like i said that the lyrics i i just i like these lyrics they they it reminds me of something that like jack black would sing but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just re- i'll read a couple of lines that i think are so good Silk and satin make me wonder just who I am to be with you in times of slumber, making me a man. I just love the the silk and satin part. You're like, yeah, I I mean I got I got a silk robe on, we got satin sheets on the bed. You know, it's just it's just
2: Sounds it's... like some boomers to me. <laughs> yeah, too much. Shit, money.
0: Oh, uh, they got too much money. <laughs> Spending it all on satin sheets and silk robes. Uh yeah. And then like later he says, All the riches I have taken from you every night pay you back someday with interest, because your loving makes it right. Mm. Uh I just like financial
2: the... romance lyrics. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love to pay you back someday with interest. I wonder what the, the interest sometimes is my wife is up. like,
2: speak, talk finance to me. Honey. <laughs> I'm like fucking return on investment. Yes. <laughs> Rock R- 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 IRA. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> APR.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Really love it. Um, and then next uh, quick is the beat of my heart. Another great jam, good riffs in this one as well. Yeah, it gets
1: pretty pretty dark in this one.
0: (laughs) It does. It does get. uh, This my
1: favorite.
2: That's probably why. But this is my favorite (laughs) song. I'd say. uh, It's really good.
0: Written by a guy named Lewis Lewis Mark. Don't know. Uh, Jw sings this one. This one is one of those where it's like it starts to tell a story and then it just like leaves us hanging. Like, what's the rest (laughs) of the story? Right? He maybe talk- he
1: died maybe he didn't you know? yeah
0: he's talking about it's like i've been living on the edge for a year and a half okay uh laid to rest is a man that helped me get my start okay okay you got me intrigued uh and then the, then the story doesn't go anywhere then he just starts talking about how his blood is black runs through his Yeah, this one
2: where it's like die 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 yeah die,
0: die, at the die, very end yeah. yeah the blood in my
1: veins is black and i can't sleep i've suffered uh, the pain and all i can face is the dark yeah it's fucking dark yeah, least, it Lu- lewis mark must have been uh coming to terms with his mortality
0: <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm gonna say he he was probably one of those he's a dark folk singer or something yeah, or yeah. one of those like real sad country guys um ellen I
2: mean, davis type the tempo yeah.
1: gets a little bit quicker it's like a little bit quicker throughout the song. I feel like. It's that... Oh yeah. That's yeah. when the rene-
2: That's that whole renegade part. You start yeah. to hear renegade. You're like, oh, they're rocking. They're figuring it out. They're getting there.
0: Yeah the the, yeah, the the chunky guitar scraping mm-hmm. is real chica, cool. Chica, chica,
2: chica. And I, 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 I associate that with Chicago. I don't know why, but no. just that chicka, chicka, chicka. Because of the train, maybe, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. some kind of like new version of blues R&B. It's just like a, it's a chugga. Yeah, That's all it is. <laughs>
0: and and JR, someone, you know, someone who who's familiar with tones, wouldn't you say like the, the guitar tone of this one is like way different? Than the rest of the yeah. album
2: like it like I say you start to it, it's it seriously is like almost the exact tone they use on Renegade like um, with some of the verses like they were like finding they were starting to find some of their sound that they had in the future but on this you know and which is interesting that these are other people's songs for the most part and they'll be able to find that much creativity and experimentation with somebody else's shit. Yeah
0: kind of neat um but yeah and then then it just we get the the last song, which again, un, great riffs. They they kind of slow this one down, like slower riffs. Um, and you know, this one is another like kind of sad one. It's a heartbreak song. You know, it, yeah, it, it's perfect. called a- "After You Leave Me." And basically, his whole question is like, "Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna leave, and I get it, you know, but my question is, what am I supposed to do now?" Yeah. But it's it's <laughs> It's just one of those songs, you know. It's a, it's the typical heartbreak song where the guys the guys just you know it's bluesy. It's it's Chicago blues in my mm-hmm. you know, it it really kind of uh is like that. Even though this one written by the only person, the only songwriter besides Aaron Copeland that I, I recognize, George S. Clinton S. Mm-hmm. Remember you got like yeah. keep in mind there's a there's that yeah, S there's
1: an S in there
0: because this George clinton uh he's a film composer that's what he's known for he started out in the 80s doing films and he's still working today you may recognize uh scores from such films as austin powers and mortal Kombat <laughs> and the love guru uh beverly, hills, hills, love ninja. beverly hills ninja uh, <laughs> a lot a lot of like a lot of these movies that have kind of gone the way of i don't know Forgettable, but they still wild come... things. Yeah, wild things. They still come back around in pop culture. Um I'd say
2: Austin, I'd say Austin Power's score is like it was big time in pop culture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what else? Mm. What was the second one?
0: Mortal Kombat.
2: Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Come on. <laughs> it the song is more than the movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that first Mortal Kombat soundtrack got me into metal. Yeah, there's, i told tell you, a like lot that. Of good
2: metal on it there's so much that that song did for culture more way more than any of the movies ever did Yeah, and I
1: think that, that dude had his own band and like put out one album and then started doing
0: yeah yeah
1: he's
2: one like course. a bruce willis he's like i do film on the side but i actually <laughs> like to rock with my buddies
0: yeah the, the story, warner brothers actually saw his band play and they were interested in his style of writing you know and they they hired him to start working on on film, which I I just think that's like who walks in to see a band, and and they hear them, they're like, you know what, you could be a good film composer. And like, right, wow, yeah. Where did where did you get that from? Me standing up here playing guitar. Mm-hmm. It it's just kind of funny that you know the way things work like that. But I he's one of it's one of those names that I remember as a kid when I would see his name pop up on you know film score of a movie, mm-hmm. I'd be like George Clinton. george clinton like scored (laughs) wild things not know not knowing that there is there's a different george clinton and it's that s you gotta remember there's that s gotta have the
2: s
1: (laughs) gotta have it um it's it's a great song and it's a great way to end the record yeah it
0: it, yeah it ends just like just a regular old ending you know it's like i said it people think of sticks as as you know, a prog rock band and prog rock bands usually have some big elaborate ending and they're like, nope.
1: Yeah. I mean, they end it with the high group vocals after you leave. Yeah. And that's the way stick should always end it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's,
0: it's great. And yeah, these, like I said, these four songs, um, definitely, definitely some of my, a few of them for sure. Definitely some of my favorite stick songs. I, I would say, yeah. you know, I'd say best thing, uh, best thing. And, and what has become between us. Uh, yeah.
1: Are, are what has come up. between us is my, probably my favorite on this album. And like, I was giving JY shit on the first half of this album, but like right at the beginning of side B he <laughs> yeah. starts ripping. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, it, like you said, it's one of those things where, yeah, may, maybe that, their 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 big opus the common man thing maybe it was the first thing they went into the studio with and they they you know they weren't really hitting it just yet but they they wanted they wanted to do this they wanted to be like yeah "Ah,
1: they wanted it
0: we gotta do a 13 minute song (laughs) we have to establish ourselves as prog rock right out the gate
2: might have been over time too like if they were working themselves you know yeah yeah. they may have been slowly piecing this album together just with money out of their own pockets you know yeah playing covers and
1: whatever yeah yeah they played like weddings and college parties and shit
0: yeah uh yeah and you know wood nickel getting you know that's that's where they that's where they started out that's an indie label that they're probably not getting a, a ton of money from them to do anything so um but yeah great it's you know we this originally wasn't on our list of albums to do until you suggested it brandon and i'm so glad you did because i had a lot of fun with this record uh i i I forgot i forgot i forgot about the you know the the bangers on it
1: yeah i i thought this was earlier because i mean they they had been a band for Fucking eight years before they put this album out
0: and i remember that maybe you brought this over or our friend ben already had this but i do remember this album getting played during our, our vinyl only poker nights um mm. a few times and i don't think i'd listened to it since then so
1: really yeah.
0: yeah i'm glad i'm glad we did it man it's it's good Mike,
1: do you recognize those buildings
0: okay oh yeah yeah so on the back of the record uh it's uh it's marina it's the marina buildings uh anyone who knows chicago knows these buildings they they're pretty iconic i f- i forget their actual name that it's like 1 marina drive or something like that but uh yeah the so that's <laughs> that's kind of funny that they they're like oh yeah hey just in case just in case <laughs> you need to know where we're from uh yeah. here it is on the back of the record our debut album
1: they got a few quotes on the back one by like the mayor oh, in right. six in 62 about cleaning up the city
0: oh yeah so they they were definitely establishing themselves as like we are chicago boys like yeah. and that's that's mm-hmm. that's part of our that's part of our image that's part of our brand and you know what i i gotta respect it because when i was putting together a logo for my band scram my first idea was to take pictures of all the, of, of five different plaques that spelled out scram all along, uh, L line stops. Right. And, you know, I I was just, I was, I was like, Hey, I want, I want Chicago to be a part of our personality as, as a band. And I get it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, they're, they're all the stops that you guys live on. And you accidentally got like famous from your first album. and People stalk you. <laughs> 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 Why'd you give them their our address? <laughs>
0: That's uh, funny. Um, but yeah, it's so sticks, man.
2: Uh, it was uh, great. Not surprised. I'll just be honest. Of course it's great. Yeah, It sticks. I figured it would be great. I yeah. didn't know which ones were on it either. Like you said, Mike, I didn't know exactly which songs were going to be. I didn't expect it to begin how it began at all. But uh, yeah, <laughs> good on them. Some yeah. about those prog guys and their voiceover shit they love. And they're making mm-hmm. and they're ripping off Copeland. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> I that I mean that made me laugh when I when I saw that they they covered a, a piece from Copeland. I was like, what is it with these prog guys and Aaron Copeland? They love him. Um, it's funny.
2: <laughs> There's always like musicians, I guess, that people crowd around that way. He must do. He must have something. He must do something that was like it has been in music since then. Because yeah, of his influence, you know that we're I, not picking up on. But, I yeah. I
0: think it's he does big brass pieces, and and I think keyboard players love to love to try to play an entire like brass section on the keys. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love it. It's like a challenge to them. You
2: know, yeah. Peter Gabriel, big time.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's it. I. What else more can you say about Six? Except uh, you know, if you haven't heard this album. And you're a six fan, go go back to the beginning. Go back to where it started.
1: If you're not a Six fan, listen to this album. <laughs> <laughs> At least side B. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say start
2: with side B if you want. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, cool. Thanks for hanging, Brandon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm yeah. gonna listen to the rest of the six discography I have available to me.
0: Nice. Might as so, well. It's been uh a while. cool. Uh, happy fiftieth birthday.